Hey, the funny thing is about that song is if you're a believer in Christ, he's called you to go. Now, today, and it's today. It doesn't mean tomorrow. It means today. That the Lord has called you to go. And he's not saying today you will go, like, go to Honduras. He may be saying that to some of you. But what he's saying is to go and make disciples wherever you're at as you go. That's the cool thing about that song. So let's not just think it's foreign missions. It's every day of our life. 1 John chapter 1. If you'll stand in honor of God's word, we'll begin with verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I pray that you guide us through your word and teach us today. But more so than that, to help us to understand how to apply it to our lives. And spurn within us to deal with who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, many of you have come today... And you seem to have pointed out something in my life. And so just to see what you're talking about, I want to make sure. You, oh, there is a smudge in my life on my face. And so let me deal with that real quick. Some of you figured it out. I was doing something this morning. But some of you just laughed at me. And wouldn't, show, wouldn't talk to me about it. Some of you didn't notice. I did take a shower this morning. Alright. And many of you, when I shook your hand, you said, Brother Lee, did your wife hit you? <laughs> see, y'all really see Sherry that way? I do. No, I'm saying, I'm just like... <laughs> One of you said, did you crawl underneath the car this morning? Others, you know, did you burn, your, did you burn yourself on a curling iron? I'm just not putting that one together. And what I tried to picture with this is that, what's the one thing that I said to those of you who, who addressed me? I took a shower this morning. I looked in the mirror this morning. There's no, there was nothing on my face then. Does that mean that I'm not going to get dirty later on in the day? No. Now you ladies, y'all are good at this. Y'all have got the mirror in your purse. You check often. You even check while you're driving. Yeah. But we constantly look in the mirror to see if everything's okay. To see if we're presentable before others. And that's what we're going to talk about today is sin in our life. Because we're presenting ourselves not only to each other, but we're presenting ourselves before God. Okay? And here's what's going on. Look, uh, turn to uh, uh, the... 
verse just uh, turn to John chapter 13. We talked about this uh, last week briefly. Actually, no, it was uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. John chapter 13, when Jesus is washing his disciples' feet, many of you know this story, and this wasn't a part of today, but we're going to go there just because it deals with this. John chapter 13 and verse, hmm, let me find it. Is it 19? 9, that's right, it was at the beginning. I went somewhere. Thank you. And Jesus answered in verse 7, Jesus answered and said to him, what, what do you do not, what, what I do you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. He comes to Peter and he says, I'm going to wash your feet. He starts washing the disciples' feet. Feet. And he starts washing their feet. And then Peter says, no, 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 you're not going to wash my feet. Okay? And so then he says, Peter says, never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I do not what? Wash you, you will not have part with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who bathes, who, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You are, not, you are clean, but not all of you. Here's what he's telling us. He's telling us that just because you took a shower this morning, just because you are all clean doesn't mean that the rest of the day that you're going to be completely clean, okay? Now, he's talking about salvation. He's telling his disciples that I have cleaned you spiritually. But you still have to deal with the daily grind. You still have to de deal with sin. He's basically saying this, if you remember last week, if you were with us last week, that there, we have a problem. Sin, capital S. It's who we are born into. When Jesus, when you surrender your life to Jesus, He takes care of this problem. He pays for the penalty of sin. You are no longer held to that penalty. Amen? Man, you guys should be jumping up hollering. We should look like Pentecostals when I say that. Now, I'm not cracking on them, but I'm going to tell you what. If you don't have the life of Christ in you, you're going to react that way. Amen. But if you have the life of Christ and you realize who you are and who you were and what Jesus Christ has saved you from, you're going to get excited. But just because I've been delivered from the penalty of sin, I still live in the flesh. And I still deal with the power of sin in my life. Now you believers out there, you know the struggle. It beats you up. Every single day. Amen? I know I struggle with it. I, 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 uh, I showed in brotherhood this morning. I said, look, I struggled with this whole week of just spending time with God. Because I was distracted with other things in my life. Is that sin? Yes. So I had to confess it to God first. And then I had to confess it to my brothers. And now I'm doing it to you. So you know that I am just a man. I am not fit to be worshipped. And I thank God for that. Because He is. And we should all be looking to Him. Here, here's something. Here, maybe this should motivate you. Okay, Choir, you should not get excited for a song just because we are smiling or clapping. 
Because then your worship relies on a man. Congregation, same thing. Are we here to worship God or are we here to worship man? We all have sin in our lives. And what we must do is we must come to the God's word, which is, and James, it should be before you, God's word is a mirror. Look, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. God's word is a mirror. Then what? For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what? What kind of person he was. Same illustration with this morning. Just because I took a shower this morning and washed everything and I was completely clean, I, I walk out of that shower, get dressed, come here, but there's still opportunity for me to get dirty. But what I have to do is to constantly look in the mirror. And the mirror is God's word, folks. You cannot understand that you're in sin unless you get into God's Word. This is why I believe that we don't get into God's Word. Because we understand that. We understand that God's Word is going to show us where we fall short. And so we don't get into it. You know, we, we play the ignorance card. Well, I didn't know, God. Well, you know what, uh, if you're a Christian, you know what your Heavenly Father is going to say? Why didn't you look? I gave it to you. I gave you my word. I gave you what you needed in order to find out the flaws in your life. I gave you my spirit within you, convicting you to get into my word, and you ignored it. But you know what? If that continues to go on, we only reveal that we don't have a relationship with the Father. We'll find that out in chapter 2 of 1 John. Uh, and that's going to be a, mm, we, gonna, we ain't going to like that one. But James shows us that God's word shows us that we have sin in our life. I remember uh, this past year when we went to Snowbird, this, uh, we did, I try to act crazy at camp. I mean, I know y'all don't see that here or anything, but... Uh, I try to do some different things. And when we're lining up to go into the worship service, you know, our whole group, we line up by the doors and we try to get, you know, right there at the front so that, you know, at the front line, those who are in the front line, if, when the doors open up, they open up really fast, they get knocked out. So you want to be in the second row of waiting, you know, so that you can get first dibs on the, on the seats and stuff. But uh, we're waiting this one time, and uh, another group had made it there. It's very rare that another group will make it before our group, but... This, this small little group of girls made it uh, there. And uh, we tried to do, well, I tried to do something different this year. What I, I, I like to do is I, sing, I love singing happy birthday. And it may not be your birthday, but I'll still sing you happy birthday. And so what, I started off with our students first. I said, you know, hey, everybody, it's Reagan's birthday. And we, everybody would start pitching in, and we start singing her happy birthday. Then what we do is start spreading out to other groups, because other groups will start getting involved with us. And, and what will happen is um, we'll say, we'll go up to another girl in another group and say, what's your name? And she'll tell us her name. We'll say, hey, everybody, it's, it's Jenny's birthday. Happy birthday. And we'll start singing it, right? Okay, well, there's this one time during this day 
we start doing this, and uh, people are starting to catch on. I mean, it's just, ugh, everybody loves it, and they want to get involved with it. Well, this is this one girl. She comes up with this group. She walks up. She says, hey, it's my birthday. And I said, no, it's not. It is not your birthday. We are saying, excuse me, what's your name? And, you know, I was just playing with her. I mean, and she, she took it, to, I mean, she took it personally. I was like, it is not your birthday. And so she starts talking to her friends, and we're singing happy birthday to all her friends except for her. Now, if I'm wrong, God will judge me, all right? But anyway, we're playing with her, right? And uh, she says, I promise you, it is my birthday. I said, no, it's not. And uh, so we start singing. And then she's, because we're singing to her friends, she gets mad. She gets upset, right? And, uh, of course, we were just playing. We ended up singing her happy birthday to cool the nerves. But she says something, I, uh, she said something mean to one of her friends. And I said, uh, what's the verse I'm going to say when you talk nasty, right? Ephesians 429, right? Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but what is building up of the brethren, right? And, and, and goes on from there. And so I said, uh, excuse me, ma'am, but the Bible tells us to talk nicely to other people. And she said, don't judge me. I mean, she had that little neck thong going on there. And I said, oh, no, she didn't. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did not say that, all right? I did not. The flesh wanted to. All right, but all I did, I said, excuse me, ma'am, young lady, you know, because she was a youngin. You know, they need to be set straight, right? And, uh, but anyway, I said, I said, excuse me, I'm not judging you. God's word is judging you, okay? God's word tells us it's not my opinion, okay? So I wanted her to understand because when somebody points out something in our life that we don't like, we say, don't judge me. But that's unbiblical. Now, if I give you my opinion, if I say, Marissa, I do not like your Guitar Hero bracelet, okay? It offends me, or whatever. If I make some kind of... Now you're smiling. That's good. She covered it really quick. <laughs> but if it's, it's, if it's of my opinion, then she has a right to say that. Don't judge me, right? But if I say... Tom, I see this in your life. It lines up scripturally. Then he has no right to say that because it's not me. It's God's word judging. And so we need to understand that God's word is our authority in our life and that we need to get into it because it's the mirror that shows us where we, we are flawed in our lives. And here's what's happening in 1 John, right? We've been going through this major section beginning with verse 5 of chapter 1. And it stretches all the way to chapter 2, verse 2. It's a big section. Now, we'll finish it up next week, maybe. But uh, we're, we're in the middle. Here's what's happened. Uh, John, uh, the apostle, he has had many people start coming into the fellowship. And they're saying that they have a relationship with God, but yet they're living in darkness. So they're giving three lies. Basically, the first lie is it, we need to don't, don't lie to others about your relationship with God. They were saying, we can, live, we can have a relationship with God, but we can also live the way that we want to live. He said, that's lie number one. We addressed that with last week, okay? Today, we're going to address with the lie that we should, uh, we should not lie to ourselves about our relationship with God, okay? These people were coming in, and we'll, we'll go into that, but they were basically coming in and said, since I gave my life to Christ, and he has dealt with this penalty of sin, that I don't have to worry about this. That I have no, I'm not going to sin now that I'm a Christian. Okay? Now, some of you may be there. You may be in this position. 
Okay? And that's what we're going to deal with today. All right? And so, and then the third lie, which we'll see in verse 10 all the way through uh, chapter 2, verse 2, is, it says, if we sin, if we say that we have not sinned altogether, so don't, then basically what we're doing is we're calling God a liar. So don't call, a God, don't call God a liar by your life, the way that you live your life. And so we'll get to that next week, and uh, we get to one of the premier passages of the, of the New Testament that is just brings joy to our lives. Hopefully it will. <laughs> okay, um, next year, but anyway. But he comes right off of verse 7. So let's look at verse 8. Okay? He says, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay? And so what he's saying is, is that this person is coming in. He's addressing this error in teaching that this person comes in and says, Well, I have a relationship with God and so I'm good. I'm good. I, I no longer have to deal with my sinful nature. Okay, now, here's the thing, folks. If you've read the Bible any, specifically Romans chapter 7, you would see that you have a problem still. Jesus has delivered us from the penalty of sin, from the bondage of slavery that we, that we were born in. Could you imagine that you were born in a prison? little baby in a prison behind bars and you grow up that way and all you know is just your little cell where there's nothing that you can do but live in bondage live in a prison could you imagine your life like that how happy would your life be not too happy so Jesus has come and he's opened the gates and he says look I've paid your debt Come with me. Give your life to me. I have opened up this gate. You have a choice to either remain or to come out and live, in, live a life of freedom in me where your obedience is me. There's some of us in here that you're still in the prison. You're still behind bars of sin. And you could do nothing but live in sin. Sure, you can draw good pictures on the wall of happy places, but you're still in what? You're still in the cell. You're still in prison. Sure, you can call down to the next person in the cell or people walking down the aisle, and you can say, man, you look really nice today. How can I help you? You can do all these good things and not have a relationship with God. And those good things are not, they're not bringing God glory. And Jesus offers the way out. So my first question is for you, do you want the way out? Do you want freedom? Do you want a life in Christ where he keeps you from the sin that is just holding you down? Now some of you, you have been Christians for a long time. And you have battled the flesh a long time. And you can, you can look back in your life of what Christ has delivered you from. And here's what I believe you would say. Because even I've been a Christian for, wow, almost 20 years now. This just blows my mind. But I've been a Christian almost 20 years. And I look back the way I was. Sure, I wasn't like, in, in your qualifications, I probably wasn't a roughneck. 
right? But guess what? I won't live for Christ so I was lost, all right? So whether I'm out doing drugs, selling drugs, whatever, murdering people, or just sitting on a pew, or just thinking that I'm a good person, it's the same in God's eyes. But I look at the life I was trying to rely on myself, and it only led to a life of frustration. Because I was always trying to do things my way, and I was always finding that that life led me to unfulfillment and when I gave my life for Christ he fulfilled my life because I he, he's what I was made for a relationship with him but even through that my sinful nature was still not not gone I still have a battle where I constantly deal with the things that I do that I don't do, the things that I think. And we can come to this thinking where we think we're perfect, but let me, let me just remind you from God's Word. The mirror, let me just remind you, Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Our heart, our priorities are desperately evil. Oh, you want to go further? Let's go with our thinking. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of what? Death or destruction. Okay? So let's get away from this thinking. That's God's Word showing us that. Let's get away from this thinking that we're some good people. He's just a good old boy. He's just a good old girl. Not from what Scripture says. Now, I know that most of the time when we say... Uh, uh, Rob, you're a good man. Okay, just using that example. I know that when we say that, many of us, we use it loosely, okay? But there's some people that understand that term for what it is, okay? I understand when I say, God, uh, Rob, you're a good man, I'm understanding it that God is doing something through him, and he's allowing that to happen. That's a good thing, right? Okay? But Rob in and of himself is not good. Right, Rob? Wouldn't you agree? Thank you. Thank you. See, he understands that biblical truth. All right? So when somebody says that I'm a good man, I'm going to quickly correct you. Okay? Because I'm not. If you would spend about five seconds in my mind, one second in my mind, you would have a whole different view of me. Brother Lee, you're a pastor. Oh, really? We, we've got this flawed view of men in our life, men and women in our lives. Don't focus on me. Because look, here's the thing. I understand where I'm at with Christ, okay? He's delivered me from the penalty of sin. Okay, but I still understand that I deal with sin on a daily basis. But here's what it does, all right? Here's what it does. It draws me to my knees. And I had to cry out, Father, how, this morning I said, Father, how can you love me? He does. He does. Isn't that good? How can we sleep now? It's because we don't understand our sin. We don't understand who we are. I don't care how warm it is in here. Wake up and get into God's Word. 
Come on, folks. Let's get serious with God. He's serious with us. He gave his son for, so that we could live. And you want to tell me we don't play games? You teenagers need to get right with Jesus. You adults need to get right with Jesus. I need to get right with Jesus. Let me ask you this. And let's, let's raise our hands. How many of you have sin in your life right today? Okay. Then let me ask you this. Why don't we deal with it? We provide a time for invitation. And nobody comes. Three people out of the whole congregation come every week. But nobody else wants to, wants to say, Hey, guess what, guys? I'm a sinner. I deal with sin on a daily basis. Nobody wants to do that. And now let me, let me correct you on this. Just because you come down here doesn't make you any more of an important person. Doesn't mean you got it all together. We need to deal with who we are. I am tired of playing games in my life, folks. What is sin in our lives? Look, you could be struggling with alcohol. Even as a believer, you could be struggling with smoking. You could uh, be struggling with gossip. You could be struggling with judging other people. You could be struggling with hatred in your heart. You could be struggling with drugs. You could be Do I have to keep on? You know what the Word of God says about these things. You could be struggling with unbelief. And what does unbelief look like? Unbelief looks like this. When you know that God has called you to do something, He's been putting on your heart to do something, to serve in some manner, whether it be here or somewhere else, and you say no. That can't be my thinking. Because I would be uncomfortable doing that. Really? Because the last I see in God's word, he wants you to be uncomfortable. Because he wants you to lean on him. We have service positions in our church that are not been filled this year. And I would say they're important services. Because I believe that somebody in our congregation has been led to do those things, but will not step up. Now, if God's calling that, that piece to go out, then he, he's not gonna provide, nobody's going to step up and do it. But where are we stepping out on faith? And I believe, this is why I went to Hebrews chapter 12 before we went here, is because this is the sin that just entangles us, is unbelief, is not trusting God, where he's leading. And we want to say that we're children of God? Elena does this. Daddy, you know, and, and, you know, we try to teach the kids to, you know, as they get old to, to kind of do things on their own, right? We do, we do that, right? And that's okay, but we want them ultimately to lean on God, right? Amen? But, like, we're doing the whole potty thing right now, right? And, and she can't reach the light switch just yet. She's almost there. I mean, she's trying. And, and so she's always saying, you know, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll put it cleanly, all right? I, I got to go. And then she said, Daddy, I need your help. 
Daddy, I need your help. I, I can't reach the light. So what does Daddy do? I'm going to do that, right? Or like if we're, if we're watching a movie, like she loves some, some Dora. I don't know why God allowed Dora to come into existence, but um, just kidding, y'all. But, you know, there's some shows where there's bad people on there, and, and she's, she gets real close. I want Daddy to protect her, right? Why aren't we like that with our father? Daddy, I got it. I'm going through this right now. <laughs> I got it, Daddy. Leave me alone. But we're like that with God. And I, I think the struggles as a parent that I go through, God is just showing me, well, um, if you would look at your life, you would see that you do the same thing to me as your father. But is that sin? Is that sin? Is that sin? Good. Okay, so we've got to deal with it. Fight the urge to go to sleep. All right, fight it. Don't. This is very important. Well, how do we react to this? All right, how do, what is our part in this? Okay, God reveals to us. He's got a part in this, and we'll show you that. But what does he want us to do in this relationship? Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess our sins, the word means to say the same thing, to call sin what God calls it, to treat sin like God treats it, to acknowledge sin in an ongoing way. This is actually a present, it means an ongoing life where you're confessing your sins before God. Okay, now you don't have to ask for forgiveness as far as your penalty. Okay, that's taken care of, all right? But we still confess it, say, God, I'm still a wretched sinner. And because I'm still a wretched sinner, I ask your forgiveness on that. Because what I'm constantly doing, because I'm still a wretched sinner, saved by your grace, I, need, I still sin, and I need your forgiveness in that, okay? But it's also where we have to step up and be active about it. Like, let's use this for an example. Let's say that... I say that I don't like Greg's shirt. Okay? Greg Driver. Stand up, Greg. Thank you. I, <laughs> thank you for volunteering. Um, yeah, no, you're a good picker-upper. Whatever. Um, but anyway, I say, Keith, you know what? Man, that color is just not his color. And I think that uh, he was very sinful in, in buying that shirt or... I think it makes him look like a hoochie mama, all right? Let's just say, or, or you know, and, and, okay, now what is what I did sinful? Okay, yes, all right? Okay, so, thank you, Greg. All right, okay, it is sinful, right? Because I gossiped about him, all right? <laughs> now, Dale was just confirming what I said, Greg. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... Okay, so when I confess my sin, okay, so I made the sin. And the Holy Spirit, because I'm a child of God, is dwelling within me. And he's not going to let that happen very often. He's going to get on me about that, all right? He's going to smack me over the head or over the rear and say, Lee, you sinned against a brother. And because you sinned against a brother, you sinned against me, okay? And so first, when that comes to me, when the Holy Spirit deals with me, sometimes it's instant, Right? I mean, I know sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. It takes a little bit for the Holy Spirit to work out in your life. But anyway, let's just say the Holy Spirit lays that on my heart. 
And first, I got to get right with who? God, I have to confess, Father, I am so sorry for talking junk about a brother of mine. All right? That was sin. I sinned against you because he's your child. All right? I sinned against you. So, okay, I got that, right? Now, who's the next person I need to go to? Key, because I talked about him with this, this guy right here, right? Right? And I say, Keith, man, I am so sorry that I did this, all right? I was sinful in what I did, okay? And uh, I ask your forgiveness. I've asked God's forgiveness. I need to ask your forgiveness in doing this because this gave you a whole nother perception of, of Greg. See how that works? When you gossip about, about somebody, that person may not have known anything about that person, and so now you gave them an assumption about that person. And that's wrong, okay? So I get it right with key, all right? So then, what's the next step? Okay, I come over here now. I don't have to say, Greg, I just want to let you know I called you a hoochie mama, all right? Okay, I'm not going to sell him that, all right? But here's what I will say, Greg, man. I just want to let you know that last week uh, I said, actually five minutes ago, I just, uh, I just said something that was so ungodly about you, and I want to ask your forgiveness um, it, because the Holy Spirit revealed to me that it was not going to edify you, build you up, and glorify Him through that. And so I want to ask your forgiveness, right? Okay, so there, y'all understand that, okay? We've got to confess our sins. But what we like to do is not do that. Okay? What we like to do is we look at confession as passive. We look at confession as, well, you know what? All I have to do is God's the one that knows, so I'll actively confess with that. But Keith, here's what he'll do. Hey, Keith, you remember that conversation that Greg, that I had with you about Greg and stuff? I just want to say, man, I'm sorry about that. Oh, Brother Lee. No, that's not how you talk. But it's like, Brother Lee, it's no big deal. What should I do right then? It is a big deal because I no longer sinned against you. I no, not only sinned against you, I not only sinned against him, but I sinned against my heavenly father. So when I sin against my heavenly father, it's a big deal. Amen? Okay? So I still say, no, you're wrong. You need to repent. No, it's like, um, but I need to say that it was serious to me. Okay? But then we stop there. Okay? We never make it to this point because we think this. If Greg never knew about it, what harm can it do? And I'll tell you, broken fellowship. Because you're always going to think that. That you never got it right with him. You're going to always think that. Now, understand what I said. That it doesn't mean that if I think lustful thoughts towards a woman, that I'm going to go to her and say, I thought lustful thoughts about you. I'm not going to say that, okay? It's not about spilling your beans, okay? But it's about dealing with your sin, Okay, so if I have a sister in Christ that I've sinned against, here's how you go about it, okay? Here's just, a, just an example, okay? Um, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, uh, something was done this week where it was ungodly towards you. You were in the picture of it, okay? And, and I just want to let you ask your forgiveness in that, okay? Folks, we need to call sin, sin. We need to deal with it, okay?
think that we're dealing with sin? I heard yes and I heard no. And I would say, as a whole, we're not. If we were dealing with sin, man, we'd be having some close fellowship. And I would say the lost world would be looking at Hell's Chapel and saying, there's something different about them. And they'd be knocking down our walls to get in here to find out what kind of life we're living. But we're not approaching sin in our own life. And so John is giving us something here. He says, look, confess your sins. But why? Why? Look at what he says. I know you guys are getting tired of me. But look at what he says in verse 9. He is faithful. God's faithful. What does that mean? It means that what he has told us in the past, he's going to continue. He says in Jeremiah, uh, that's several, uh, several passages, David. Jeremiah 31, he says, They will not teach again each man his neighbor. There it is. They, uh, and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will, they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will what? Forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So God is saying something here, and he wants us to understand that as his children, he's going to forgive our sin. He's not going to go back on his word. He said he's going to do it if we would repent, if we would deal with who we are, he's going to forgive that. Isn't that good? That God is not some wishy-washy God. He's not like us. Well, I'll forgive you if you do this, as long as you do this. No, he says, because my character is faithful, my conduct is faithful, I'm going to forgive you. And what else does he say? He's going to... He's, He's reliable, but he's also righteous that when he forgives you, he's just. Now, why is God, and a holy God, just in forgiving you of sin? Why? Oh, she said it. She said it. Jesus. That's why. Because the payment has been made. The payment has been made. The payment has been made. You don't have to depend on yourself getting close to God anymore. Which you'll never make. The payment has been paid. Okay. <laughs> Got me. But he, he forgives us and he cleanses us. He forgives us of the, the debt that we owe, right? And then as we continue to confess... Our Father, He cleanses us. He makes us pure. What is His aim in our lives as believers in Christ? It's to make us look like who? Jesus. To conform us to His image, Romans 8, 29. To His likeness. That we will look more like Jesus. So where are you at this morning? Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Do you want to receive the mercy of God? Then we must confess our sins. We must get right. I mean, we, we've got to deal with sin, the private sins in our life. First, wouldn't you say? Dr. Aiken says this. There are sayers who cover and conceal their sin 
And there are confessors who acknowledge and admit their sin. Denying your sin, remember this goes back to verse 5. Denying your sin equals walking in darkness. Dealing with your sin equals walking in light. Are you walking in the light? Because if you're walking in the light and you're getting, and you're getting into God's word, what it's going to do is, can anybody see the chandelier? Oh, there we go. There, okay, I got a good little, I got a good little reflection there. I can see where it's landed. Y'all see that? When we get into God's word, it reflects God's light into our life. And it helps us to know. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Does it hurt? It hurts. That was where I was looking for right there, man. I appreciate you coming through for me. It hurts. When God reveals sin in our life, it hurts. But we still must deal with it because then, when we deal with it, we receive His forgiveness. We receive His mercy. We receive His cleansing. Father, thank you so much for this day. I just pray, God, that we'll just get right with you and stop playing games. Me, first of all. And I must confess, Father, this week has been a a week where I have not sought you with my heart. And I ask your forgiveness in that. And because I haven't done that, Father, I realize that sin has popped up in my life through complacency or other things, and I've sinned against you even more as my Father. So I'm sorry. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your mercy in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your grace in Jesus Christ. Help me to not take that for granted. Help me to not forget it. Father, be with us during this time as an invitation. Help us to deal with who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Keith, if you'll, if you'll stand and, and uh, close your eyes and bow your heads. Look, you can stay in your pew, and that's fine. My prayer is that you'll just deal with sin. But if you want to come up here, I'll be up here, and we can talk, all right? I don't have to be up here, all right? Uh, just deal with what God is dealing with in your life.